today on Wupatsui. We break down the first loss of the Eric Musselman era. We celebrate the women's basketball team's winning ways. We discuss Sam Pittman's stellar opening press conference. And also, it's my birthday. Happy birthday, me. All that and my birthday's on Friday on this episode of Wupatsui. Wupat. Welcome to another episode of Pod Sui. I'm Tucker Partridge with my co-host, Saul Malone. Say hello, Saul Malone. How we doing, folks? Glad to be here. We are back with your regularly scheduled programming after a bonus episode and an emergency episode, so it's great to be back. We have a lot to talk about today, including men's basketball, women's basketball, and new coach Sam Pittman's press conference. Let's get started talking about men's basketball, Saul. Unfortunately, we're talking about a defeat. Lost for the first time this season, unfortunately. Once again, at the hands of the Western Kentucky team. Uh, They seem to have our number in every major sport so far this season. Uh, so we'll see what happens when we get to baseball season. But right now, football and basketball, they own us. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, we dropped the game 86-79. to 79. You know, not Arkansas's best performance. And, you know, Charles Bassey went down with an injury in this game, and he was kind of the key to their offense. So as unfortunate as that uh, incident was in his injury, wish him well. He's a, lot, a fun player to to watch and, uh, you know, a potential lottery pick. So I always hate to see anyone get hurt, especially a non-contact kind of knee injury for a big guy like that. So, you know, as unfortunate as that was for Western Kentucky, that kind of seemed like it would open the door for Arkansas because he was the biggest mismatch of the game. We don't have that kind of height or stretch ability that he kind of contains and has. So uh, I really felt like we might have a shot there, but unfortunately we couldn't get it done. Uh, Mason Jones, not his usual self. Uh, against Western Kentucky, only put up eight points, gave us nine rebounds and an assist as well. Jimmy Witt Jr. had a nice game with 17 points, four rebounds, two assists. Desi steals, 20 points, one rebound, two steals. Isaiah Joe going for 18 points, four rebounds, two assists and a block. Adriel Bailey adding seven points, four rebounds and a block. Really weird game. Uh, the best player on the court, incidentally, was not the guy who's projected to be a lottery pick, but uh, Western Kentucky's guard, uh, Tavion Hollingsworth. He turned in almost a triple-double. He had 23 points, 9 rebounds, and 6 assists, and really filled in that Bassey-sized hole that was left with his injury. And defense... Struggled more in this game than they have in previous games. Yeah, not a great rebounding performance by the Hogs. The Western Kentucky team was able to get a lot of offensive rebounds, which ended up hurting us in the long run, especially towards the end there. They were able to kind of keep the ball out of our hands. Uh, and on their side of the court, um, a lot to kind of something to watch, you know, moving forward for a team. Arkansas kind of has built their season so far on the back of their defense. So, not their best defensive performance, just a kind of sloppy all-around play from the Hogs, and they didn't look as finely tuned as they usually do, which was kind of surprising. But again, Western Kentucky, not an, a bad team. This isn't some sort of scrub team that we, you know, we're just going to walk uh, into their stadium and beat them. They're, we're playing them at home. They're a good team with, you know, Bassey and 
and a, a talented squad around him. So not exactly an, an upset per se, but definitely a game that you would think the Hawks coming off of their strong season open would go on to win. But that wasn't the case. Definitely a better loss uh, for basketball than it was for football. Uh, God, I hate that I have to say that. Um, one kind of questionable moment came late. Uh, it's interesting. There's been a lot made of Eric Musselman not calling timeouts. And right. I understand that philosophy and for the most part have agreed with it. But in this case, there was a real shot for the Hogs to win this in regulation. And it probably could have been helped with just calling a timeout. I know that, you know, it's, we always say this, it's easy for me to sit back on the couch and watch basketball and think that I know more. But in this case, it just felt like maybe he outcoached himself. Like maybe he was worried about philosophy more than common sense, because to me, calling time out there at the end was kind of the common sense thing to do. Yeah. And Clock management is, you know, always a tricky game. It's a, like you said, it's kind of easy to be like, oh, well, clearly you should call a timeout. But maybe he saw something that he felt his guys had the momentum or he felt the guys had a play that he was ready to go. But uh, hindsight 2020. And I think, unfortunately for him, this loss and that non timeout kind of came at a point where Arkansas fans were on edge with at the time what's going on with our football coaching search. And so it may have seemed a little more glaring than normal. You know, maybe we don't call that timeout, and in any other time we have a football coach where the search was over a few days earlier, hypothetically, and everyone's like, "Yeah, it was a bummer, but we lost." But it just seemed to kind of get magnified under the pressure. Uh, <laughs> Arkansas fans certainly felt uh, with the search for the football coach ongoing at the time. Do you think maybe that has something to do with it, or am I? Do I see my oh, face? Oh, absolutely. I think <laughs> there were several takes that I saw online talking about how cursed we were in everything. <laughs> and, you know, it's hilarious to me that pretty much the entire state's morale suffered at the hands of this football coaching search and it boiled over into other sports. I mean, it made people forget this team is off to an eight and one start now. Right. It was a close loss to a good team on the road. We still had a shot to win. So it's not like we got absolutely blown out. Musselman is a good coach, though, if you want to say he made a mistake, I will. I think he made a mistake, but it was that night, you know. Yeah. We have a top five recruiting class coming, and things haven't looked up like that in a while. We knew we weren't going to go undefeated. We knew we were going to struggle against size this year. But all of that mixed in with just the cocktail of emotions around the football coaching search made it feel like everything was falling apart. And I, it, it is a testament to how locked in Arkansas fans are to this program. Yeah. Any nothing, no stone unturned, no sin unpunished. Uh, you know, to be fair, like I think you know, something that comes with starting 8-0 is the expectation that you're just going to continue winning. But we have to lose at some point, unfortunately. I don't <laughs> I don't think it's bold to say that we weren't going to go undefeated. But now we can get back to playing basketball that we were playing the first, you know, eight games of the seasons where we are having a strong defense and scoring uh, as we can. Again, just kind of creating shots, uh, getting open beyond the three-point line. So, again, you know, not a terrible loss to a pretty decent team. So, Looking forward to seeing what the Hogs do next, but I, I don't think this is by any means an, uh, a world-ending loss. 
No, I think this team is very much going to be okay. Um, there is another eight and one basketball team in Fayetteville right now. And I am of course talking about the number 23 Arkansas women's basketball team. They are undefeated at home and beat Kansas state who is four and four, but I think a pretty strong four and four, uh, they beat them 81 to 72. Yeah, they did. That game was part of the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Uh, we took that game, like you said, 81-72. to A couple standout performances we want to point out. Chelsea Dungy uh, scoring 32 points. Uh, that is a season and career high, I believe, for her. Uh, and Alexis Tolfrey keyed a 16-6 uh, keyed a to run at the end of the third quarter that really took the Hogs over the edge because they were only up one kind of in the middle of the third quarter there. And But the... With the toll-free performance there, she was able to kind of help us pull away, and she looked really good. And, you know, she's a senior, so love that leadership from her. Um, so yeah, a really good-looking team, and you know, nationally ranked for their for a reason, and currently in first place in the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, and the Southeastern Conference is a murderer's row in women's basketball, so that is no small feat to be in first place right there, even early in the season. Chelsea Dungy, I mean, my goodness, uh, saw some stats that she's now scored over 20 point, twenty or more points in five straight games, and her double-digit scoring streak is now up to 26 straight games. That's pretty nasty. That's <laughs> good. You got to love someone that can score that consistently uh, and get you that kind of offense, you know, on a nightly basis and just kind of someone you can count on. Really interesting to look at the offense that they run. They posted a video earlier today, actually, um, of them running some sets on offense. And I don't, you know, I don't say this lightly, but the extra passing looked almost San Antonio Spurs esque. It's very like crisp, very crisp, some passing. really crisp passes, passing from good shots to great shots. I, I was very impressed. I think uh, Mike Neighbors has a great great thing going there and it'll be really interesting to see how far this team can go yeah i think uh uh, this is a team that is very exciting and good and i think is a team that can make quite the push come tournament time with the success of women's soccer this year making a push in the tournament uh it's really really refreshing after the struggles of football to see a lot of other programs doing really well. We kind of talked about this last week. So it's a good time to be an Arkansas fan for anything but football this year. All right. And football is even looking up now with this, you know, finally got the coaching hire done and we uh, got his staff coming together. He says he wants to get some guys hired by the end of the week, which, you know, easier said than done, but I'm not counting it out. And, you know, he's talking to some guys that maybe want to come over from teams that are currently still playing because they've got bowls and championships to play in. So everything is kind of looking up. Um, so I'm looking like I'm even feeling better about football and these, you know, track uh, cross country national championship, women's ladies soccer run deep in the tournament, the basketball team ranked 23rd nationally, like a lot of good stuff happening. So feeling better than I have in the past couple months about everything. Everything's good. Yeah, I think that pretty quickly dispels with the notions of our programs being cursed. Um, (laughs) We actually 
have a lot to talk about with the new football hire, despite the fact that we recorded an emergency podcast. There was a press conference today, and we have some takes on it. But first, we're going to take a quick break. Nice. Thanks. (laughs) And we are back. We have a new football coach. Dang it. And we've already spoken about it some with the emergency podcast that we came at you with the day he was hired. But uh, Sam Pittman, new head hog, was introduced today by Hunter Juracek and gave a first kind of announcement speech and then a press conference. What did you think? Man, if you weren't fired up after that press conference to be an Arkansas Razorback, I don't know what to tell you because that was after what we've gone through with Chad and his press conferences to get that much emotion from a guy that clearly wants to be here was something special. I mean, he, the guy got so choked up, he could barely finish his press conference, which man, that's, you know, refreshing. It feels good to have a guy that feels so emotionally invested already that he can't get through a press conference without choking up. Uh, I'm, I was very impressed. I think this kind of blue collar, hard-nosed football guy nailed his first press conference. I think he's going to bring that identity to Arkansas, and I think he made it very clear right off the bat what kind of program and staff and team he wants to establish. And I think he did it in a way that was good on in football terms, but also in a reaching out to the fans of this program who have been kind of hurt the past few few years. I said this on the emergency pod, uh, but I didn't realize how quickly I would be proven correct about it. I said that I would pretty much get on board with the hire as soon as he started speaking. And it pretty much happened as soon as he started speaking. I mean, the guy won won, winning the press conference is kind of a cliche in sports when it comes to a new coaching hire, but it's like, that's kind of what he did. He yeah. came in, said so many of the right things, and it felt genuine, and it felt heartfelt, and it yes. felt like he was saying something that meant something. It wasn't just empty coach speak. I That kind of intense passion, it made me realize, hey, this is why the players love him. Yeah, This is why all the coaches respect him. It made me realize, you know, maybe this can work out. I think it's a culture fit. I think he fits well at Arkansas and he wants to be here, which evidently is a big sticking point for Hunter Juracek. Uh, it, I feel like more and more that this was a home run. Yeah, I think too, uh, what I've really enjoyed, at least in the corners of hog Twitter and Arkansas media that I'm in is how well-received he has been obviously from the players, former and current, but just by people who are familiar with his time here at Arkansas and who were stressing during the coaching search, because fair enough, you know, obviously I think it's fair that people were stressed and felt left out during the coaching search, but I'm very impressed by just how quickly, and, you know, obviously I think people were going to fall in line, but just genuinely excitement around Sam Pittman, there seems to be within Hog Nation. And that's got to feel good as a coach, especially when it's your first time as a head coach to know that you're coming into a place that despite being bad, very bad the last two years, 
is excited about you as a coach and what you're going to do. And it's going to give you, I think, it seems to me that we're going to give Sam Pittman a pretty good leash, like long leash and a lot of patience in year one. And I think that's going to be important. But I think a guy like Sam Pittman who can fire up not only his current players and recruits, but the but the the fans and the base in such a way is going to be something really powerful. And I think even if he can just come out and get three to four wins, maybe even five or six best case scenario, he's going to get a statue built from him by 2021. You know what I mean? So I I feel really good about it after this press conference. I felt fine about it, to be honest, but I wasn't excited. And man, now I am excited. Yeah. I'm kind of ready to run through a wall. Uh, Worth noting his contract is an interesting one. When Hunter Juracek talked about buyouts and talked about how you should be able to be fired for cause if you don't win football games, I wasn't sure that we would have the kind of leverage to be able to wager that way, I guess, when we were hiring a new head coach. But it looks like he's done it because the details have come out. It's going to be five years for $3 million annually. He'll get a raise of two fifty dollars for six wins. 500k for seven wins and 750k for eight or more wins. He also gets a one-year extension if we make a bowl game, and that can happen twice over the term of the contract. So if he has a losing record, it's a 50% buyout as opposed to a winning record, which is a 75% buyout. I think what I like about this contract set up. Not only is it, I think, financially feasible and good for Arkansas, considering the circumstance, but I think what it says to me is that Sam Pittman is betting on himself. This seems to be a, a, a contract of a guy that feels like these are very realistic goals to achieve within his initial you know, contract period. And I think that's kind of a subtle way of saying, I, th- I think I know what I'm doing here and feel confident in my ability to do so. And just kind of small things like that. Like, you know, that's, I might be reading too much into that, but to me, when I look at that contract, it's not, you know, SEC, it's SEC money for sure. Cause you, you're going to get paid to be a head coach in the SEC, but it's definitely not the, I mean, Elijah Drinkwitz is getting paid more to go to Missouri, you know? So this seems to me like a guy that is confident in his ability to take this team and mold it into what he wants and what he wants in a way to also make it competitive and good. So that's what I kind of took away from his contract details. And again, I might be reading too much into that, but it seemed fairly obvious to me that this is a guy that believes in himself. And I like that. I don't think you're reading too much into it. He said as much during his press conference um, that he said that they, he doesn't care about the buyout because buyouts are for coaches who fail. And he said, I'm not going to fail. And I, man, I love it. I, yeah. I love that. Like come in, know, knowing that he has very, very, very little head coaching experience. I think the last time was at a community college in the nineties. Um, but he knows that what it's going to take to do well here because he's been here and seen teams that did well I think you can say with a pretty good feeling that 2015 was a great year here and 2014 was a pretty darn good year here. Yeah. And both of those were under him. So he knows what success looks like here. He knows what it's going to take to get it done here. Obviously, uh, there are questions. So I guess let's talk about those some. What do you think his ceiling is here? And what do you think his floor is here? Yeah. uh, Quick 
want to shout out uh, the staff of Arkansas Fight. We did a fun Hogs of the Roundtable, which you can find on our site, where we all kind of discussed our initial reactions and thoughts and that sort of thing about this hire of Sam Pittman. So definitely encourage you to check that out. It's some really good insight from uh, Adam and Luke, as well as, you know, me and Tucker. So go check that out. But, I, you know, we've discussed it before on the emergency pile. We kind of wrote about it. The thing with this hire is it feels like the ceiling and floor are both very high and very low. And it doesn't feel like an, an in-between of either. Um, for me, I think I think his ceiling is pretty high. I think his floor is a little higher than maybe we're giving him credit for. I think he can do like, he could be one of those guys where we're consistently going eight and four, seven and five, nine and three in a really good year. But I think best case scenario, the, he could put together these really tough offensive lines that are leading these RPO-based offenses to a lot of success. And we get the right defensive coordinator in to pair a kind of smash-mouth defense that's good. Uh, You know, we have talent and we can recruit talent. I think this is a team that can play in the upper half of the SEC Western Division. I'm always hesitant to claim championships because that's just, you know, from year to year depends on a thousand different things. But I think... This is a guy that has coached in the SEC, has succeeded in the SEC, and knows what it means to be on a staff that wins, and I think will be able to build a staff around him because of his connection. So I think the ceiling is very high if we're patient, and I think this, the floor is the other thing where we've seen a coach that doesn't know what he's doing. We've seen a coach that seemed like he had a plan, and then when he gets into the thick of it, when he enters the buzzsaw that is the SEC West and the regular season and playing those games and can adjust as he's as he's coaching and as he's learning, we've seen that that just kind of crumbles. And I think that could be the floor here. I, I, I wrote that we've seen what I would hope is the valley of all valleys of Arkansas football, that this is an aberration and that this period is as low as we can get. That said, there's always a chance that we don't even win two games. You know, I'm not speaking that over the season and, you know, a pox on me if I have cursed our next season. But, I mean, it's just the reality of, of the situation. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Sam Pittman is going to come in and not win any games. In fact, I think he's going to easily win more than Chad Morris has in his first season. I feel confident in that. I feel like a three to four win season is not out of the question. Um, so, yeah, again, I, tempered expectations, but I think this the floor is a little higher than we might think, and I think the ceiling is higher than we might be getting him credit for. I agree. Uh, I think that the floor is probably higher than he's being given credit for simply because these players are already ready to run through a wall for him. And I don't know that we ever saw them totally buy into Chad Morris. And then by the time of the Kentucky game this year, it looks like they had checked out on him. I don't think that'll ever be a problem with Sam Pittman as the head coach. And so I think that automatically raises your floor up to where these guys aren't going to drop games to San Jose State anymore. These guys aren't going to drop games to Colorado State or North Texas or any of those losses that have been real head scratchers under Chad Morris that I think ultimately came down to mentality. I We have a tough schedule next year. The non-conference slate is not as easy as it has been. Obviously, the trip to Notre Dame uh, looming large, I don't expect to win that one. But a tough game against Nevada that looks winnable, uh, especially if he gets his guys up for it. You've got to beat Charleston Southern, and then you've got to beat ULM. Well, that's three wins already, so you're three-fourths of the way to what Chad was able to accomplish. And then 
who knows, you steal a win from a rebuilding Ole Miss and a rebuilding Missouri or Mississippi State if they end up in dire straits with Moorhead. I I think it's very possible. I'm not going to say it's probable, but it's very possible for him to match Chad Morris's win total in his first year. I think so, too. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. And, you know, we're going to definitely need some breaks to go our way in a few games. But, again, definitely not a thing where if you, you, you're saying it, I'm not scratching my head being like, well, what is he smoking? Like, that's a very real possibility. So, I, and it's easy to kind of preview the 2020 season through these rose-tinted glasses of excitement of a new hire that's real fired up and, he doesn't even have coordinators yet. And we're all just excited about, you know, his connections at this point, we don't have any concrete hires, but it's easy to get fired up, you know, and, you know, I'm speaking on recording on Monday, but you know, by the time this comes out, he might have had a few people hired, but you know, I think, I think the excitement is a good thing because it feels good to not feel apathetic about the football team anymore. And I think that's the kind of main thing is he's going to be able to ride this wave off this press conference. And if, especially if he goes out and gets a, a couple home run coordinator hires and a couple slam dunk recruits right off the bat, man, he's going to build himself up a lot of goodwill to take into 2020. He has already, uh, as of this recording, hired an offensive line coach. It looks very, very likely that Brad Davis, the offensive line coach at Mizzou, will be joining uh, our staff. He was previously at Florida. I, you know, offensive line was their weakest unit this year, but it was kind of ravaged by injury. We talked with uh, Rock M Nations, uh, Nate Edwards about this. That's probably going to cause this hire to be met skeptically. But at this point, I'm like, Sam Pittman's probably the best offensive line coach in the country. I'm going to trust his judgment when it comes to offensive line coaches. Yeah. I mean, if we can't have Sam Pittman because he's our head coach, I'm going to take the guy that Sam Pittman wants to hire. Our writer, Adam Ford, has put together kind of a short list of possible staff members. I don't know if you got a chance to take a look at it, but there are some familiar names and interesting names that he has legitimate connections to. I kind of romantically would like to see Dan Enos back at Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, how would you feel about Enos back? I would not hate it. Uh, as you saw in that 2015 or 2014 season, they put together the second best offensive line performance uh, in the country. That is out of every NCAA football team. Arkansas was number two. Uh, and when when the, the the offensive line was cooking, man, that Eno's offense looked really good. I think, you know, particularly of getting the ball out to different receivers, kind of spreading it out. And, you know, when when the offensive line is cooking, you get time to do those sort of things. So, I, I you know, I think a lot of people kind of start at, like, kind of going back to a familiar kind of or old well as it was. But... I think if you have a coordinator that was the reason for the success of the offense as your head coach, and he recognizes that, hey, this guy was part of the reason that the offense was successful, maybe not so much, you know, our head coach at the time, I'm going to trust that judgment. And, you know, if what he said at his press conference or in that statement is true about 500 people reaching out to him to be a part of his staff, which, you know, I take with a huge grain of salt, but he's a colorful, fun guy. I'm already into it. But if, if that many people are eager... I trust him to kind of vet 
and pick the best of the best because it seems like this is a guy that people just love and want to be around from a coaching standpoint. And if you can just attract people with your charisma and your game plan already before you've even you know got a chance to ingrain yourself into the locker room, I think he's going to, I think the people he picks off his judgment are going to be good. Yeah. I, I don't think, you know, part of him having little head coaching experience is that he's been around a lot of successful staffs. And I think he knows that you're supposed to let your coordinators coordinate when you hire good ones. So I, I don't think that's going to be an issue at all. I'm going to trust his judgment on hiring the right guys He's obviously got some connections to some really good uh, coordinators. I, I I would love to see him put together kind of a super staff and kind of let them roll while he's kind of a recruiting CEO, if you will, like yes. letting his guys underneath him kind of run the show. But he, you know, gets to do what he's good at. Yeah, I think delegation is going to be key here. Uh, I think we kind of felt and saw that. Chad was not great at delegation and didn't really let his guys that he hired to do their job really do their job. And if they did their job, they were just bad because they were just his buddies. And I think that, you know, Sam Pittman is a guy that recognizes, hey, this is a job that needs to get done. So I'm going to hire the people that are most qualified to do so, not just because we were homies at, you know, my former job. Right. Um, I don't think uh, given... The stature of Georgia right now, I don't think we have to worry about Sam Pittman's homies coming with him. Yeah. Uh, how do you think Brett Bielema feels about this hire? <laughs> I think Adam Ford pointed it out when they hired Malzahn after he was a, after they fired Chizik at, at Auburn of just kind of a subtle way of saying like, hey, this is the real reason that we were good, you know? So I, wonder, I, I don't know if Brett keeps up with Arkansas anymore. I'm sure he knows what's happening here. But I, if he felt snubbed or if he felt a little like raw indignation, I would get it. But also, Brett, if you're not the reason we were good and this guy is, I want him. I don't I don't need you again. I need the guy that made us good. Right. I, uh, I guess I just thought it was interesting because I, I think pretty much everyone can point out that Sam Pittman leaving at the end of the 2015 season was kind of the beginning of the end. Uh We've been complaining about offensive line ever since, and I guess that's what we went out and got. Yeah, a guy that can recruit offensive line talent and shape up the talent we do have. I'll be eager to see what he does there. Obviously, he's got you know more to worry about now that he's the head coach, but eager to see his footprint on the football program from an offensive line point next year and kind of if they can get back to that really dominating and establishing the line of scrimmage as their own. I think the best Arkansas teams uh, that you look at all kind of have that tough chip on their shoulder, blue collar mentality. And I think that's what he's going to work to establish here. I think, you know, this team has struggled for an identity since he left. And now that he's back, he has a definite identity. And I just don't see a way that the culture here doesn't change in a very positive way. This seems like it's going to mend our culture, which I know is kind of nebulous, but I don't know. It, it, it feels like this was the right move from like a cultural mentality kind of perspective. And maybe we can fix what feels like some rot that has started to take over 
in recent years. Yeah, I think he, again, just a guy that seems to have already won over the locker room, which is he really, certainly really won cool. over the fan base. Yeah. And I think people love seeing kind of one of their guys get rewarded. And this is, seems like a guy I, after that press conference, my first thought was, man, this guy deserves this chance. Now, granted, he may not, you know, be a great head coach. You know, only time will tell. But man, I really think he has earned and deserves a shot to prove it. Um, other interesting things that happened in football this week. I think it's worth noting that Dijon Scuda Harris was named to his third consecutive All SEC team. At a boy, Scuda is pretty darn good, especially with the struggles that we've had recently. To be named your third straight All SEC team, man, I wish he had one more year to play under this staff. Yeah, I think coming in with a new coach that that wants to see his players succeed would have taken him to even the next level as good as he's played. I think there, I think there's some untapped potential that unfortunately because of the coaching staff kind of went unearthed and kind of laid dormant. Unfortunately, that said he played great, obviously well-deserved award and, you know, another award to add to his very good career at Arkansas, but man, just kind of one of those, what it could have been if we had a coaching staff that knew what they were doing with the talent they had. Rumors uh, coming off the planes that Gus may be going for Chad Morris as a potential OC hire. Um, what do you think it would look like to see him back in I the SEC West so soon? Would love to have him in the SEC West to get him booed when we play him. But also, just in classic Arkansas fashion, if he does get hired in Auburn, he'll just kickstart an offensive revolution there when they come to when we play them. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's just oh, feel yeah. like couldn't coach our team to save his life, but get him over at Auburn. And he's suddenly a wizard that can make points appear out of a hat. Yeah. That would just be perfectly Arkansas. Obviously that, uh, I hope that that attitude starts changing. Uh, but God, you can just see him, coming out and putting out an offensive masterclass and putting together some kind of crazy 63 point performance or something. When did we even score 63 points over the entirety of his tenure here? I think if you add it up, we get close, close <laughs> that I think is going to do it for this episode. Yeah. Uh, kind of, a uh, slow-ish time despite all the news, so we don't have a football game to recap, but uh, lots of excitement up on the hill right now. I think Sam Pittman was a great hire, and I think we are going to see what that means. Obviously, the early signing period is coming up. He's going to have to get on the road trying to salvage what's left of this recruiting class. Uh, I think if there's anybody that I think can do it, He's one of those names. We'll see what he's able to put together. Yeah, I can just, I've, I've really become fired up for, for coach Pittman and I'm ready to, ready to get into spring training and the spring game and see what he's going to bring to the table. Let's get these hires and let's get the man going. That is going to do it for us. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for reading along with us. We are very, very close to 10,000 followers on Twitter. So please, if you're not already, give us a follow there. We post lots of our articles and then lots of silly, fun content as well. Um, really have enjoyed interacting with all of you on there. 
Please subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice. We obviously are going to be putting together any kind of breaking news on these things. Hopefully we don't have to talk about a coaching search or a coaching hire again for a long time. Uh, Saul, do you have anything else to plug? Uh, I just want to say that as of this release date, Wednesday, December 11th, it's my birthday. So happy birthday, me. I'm plugging my birthday. That's it. I'm very selfish. It's my birthday. I don't have anything else to plug besides that. Tell me happy birthday on Twitter. That's it. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm glad you reminded me uh, because my birthday is on Friday. So uh, we are the birthday boys this week. This is Big the birthday pod. December birthday pod boys. Big Sagittarius boys. Um, wish us happy birthday on Twitter. We're going to be selfish and tell you to do that. Do it. I think we're going to get out of here after that. Thank you so much for putting up with us this week. And thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next week. We're big. We're pissed. Number five. You better look at him a little closer. He's a football player. It's Arkansas, baby.